0: You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. To participate in next Friday's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Going to get to your mailbag questions here. Shortly, but before I do that, just some quick thoughts. It's going to be P.J. Walker, it looks like, on Sunday. Baker Mayfield, there was some talk on Wednesday from the interim head coach here in Carolina, Steve Wilks, that Mayfield possibly could play on Sunday. But considering he's been in a boot since Monday when Matt Rule was fired and he was in a boot again on Thursday, hard to see Baker Mayfield playing on Sunday afternoon. And, two, the guy, he hasn't practiced. He's been terrible all season long. Why would we even need to see him at this point in time in that game? As I've said, we don't need to see Baker Mayfield the rest of the year. Scott Fitter has already done a terrible job of taking care of the Carolina Panthers draft picks. They only have their first, second, uh, I believe, fourth or fifth and sixth next year. No, fourth and fifth because the sixth is owned by New England because of the, uh, I believe, the Stephon Gilmore trade. Either way... I don't really see why they would play Baker Mayfield at this point in time. I don't know what's really there to be gained as far as Steve Wilkes' his opportunity being a long-term head coach here. We'll see how it plays out once Baker is healthy. Same with Sam Darnold once he's healthy. But it should be P.J. Walker. And my expectation is – that the Panthers' defense, like they did in 2020, shutting out the Lions, and last year against the Cardinals, they are going to do their best to make sure that they can uplift PJ Walker and offer him an opportunity to go out there and to win that ball game on Sunday. The one thing I know about PJ is he's going to run around, he's going to sling it, he's going to be entertaining, he's also going to turn the football over. So be prepared for that. They've been able to overcome it. The two red zone interceptions he threw against Detroit in 2020, and then last year throwing an interception, they've overcome it because the defense has been fantastic. Might need a little bit more from P.J. considering I think the Rams defensive unit is going to be the best that he's faced since being in the NFL, where it was filling in last week in mop-up duty against the San Francisco 49ers where most of their guys are out, and you can even go back to New York week seven last year against the Giants. At so the games he started, Lions defense is not the same unit he's going to see on Sunday in L.A. Same thing with the Cardinals defense from a year ago, going to be probably the toughest task he's had up to this point in time his career here in Carolina's third career start. And hopefully he can get to 3-0. And hopefully the Panthers can be able to build some momentum. Injury report-wise, it looks like Xavier Woods and Frankie Luvu should be good to go on Sunday, which would be a big boost for the team. And then J.C. Horn, they're hopeful. Al Holcomb, now the new defensive coordinator, said he's hopeful that J.C. Horn would play if he doesn't. That means a guy like C.J. Henderson really needs to step up. He has been a liability at times, having some really bad pass interference plays and calls that have led to touchdowns. So cannot let that happen moving forward. You would also expect guys like Keith Taylor to get an opportunity to step up and hopefully make some good plays for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. So that's kind of my final thoughts there. I think the Panthers are going to play well as far as defensively. I think they're going to stay close in this game. I just don't necessarily think they're going to win. Just because, I mean, what really leads you to think they're going to get a win on Sunday? But the energy levels should be intensified considering what we've seen over the first five weeks of the season, leading to a one and four start. All right, let's get into it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers again, y'all. At me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. But again, first, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council to participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. Going over now to Steven who has a Steve Wilkes question. All, all three of the ones we're going to get to right here, Steven, Kendrick, and Jake, all Steve Wilkes questions. Stephen saying, Julian, I'm excited to see how Coach Wilkes will bring this team together. Hearing his press conferences, he sounds like a leader and has the right attitude and confidence to come in and lead this football team. In my opinion, that is exactly what this team needs right now, someone to step up, show confidence and strength, and give these players that extra motivation they need to play together. Also interested to see how this will affect the ex-Temple and Baylor players on the team. Your thoughts. One thing I'll also put out here, getting multiple different spellings of wilkes I don't know if it's autocorrect. It's W-I-L-K-S, y'all. So let's make sure... For the next 12 weeks, at least, we start spelling Coach Wilkes's last name right. So no E-W-I-L-K-S. Just uh, throwing that out there because I got a lot of people, not just Steve, but a lot of people who are asking me questions about Steve Wilkes and getting his name wrong, so that's how you spell it. And we should know that. He's been here before, not his first rodeo. As far as how this impacts the players from Temple and Baylor, you saw P.J. Walker sit there and talk to the media on Wednesday, and he understands it's a business. Is he affected personally by Matt Rule not being here? Of course he is. That's his coach dating back to his time at Temple. He's the coach that's given him an opportunity to start in the NFL and to be here the last three seasons. So, of course, he's going to feel some type of way, but it's a business. And P.J. now has an opportunity to be a starter. He didn't – honestly, if you look at it, Matt Rule's trying to get rid of P.J. Walker. So, I don't know if P.J. Walker feels all that bad for Matt considering a month ago – more than that, Matt Rule had drafted a quarterback at Brighton Baker Mayfield. PJ was the odd man out. Now he's here and Matt is gone. Guys like Robbie Anderson have been vocal about Matt Rule. I'm sure guys like Sean Chandler, everyone who's played for Matt Rule back in college feels the same way. I'm sure there's guys like Christian McCaffrey who said that Coach Rule never stopped believing in me. And I don't know how many people out there never believed in Christian McCaffrey or stopped. I guess there's plenty of Panther fans who stopped believing in him because of the injuries. So maybe that's something that would lead Christian McCaffrey to really be um, on the side of Matt Rule and maybe upset about it. I'm sure there's most guys in that locker room. I imagine are not happy about Matt Rule not being there anymore, and they have place to blame on themselves. Maybe it's just kind of like coach speaking away, and those guys are just you know being PC and telling us. You know, the company line opposed to actually maybe being honest. And I'm not saying that they're d- being dishonest. Just you're not going to get someone out there calling out the coach in most situations. We've never really had an issue like that here in Carolina. So I'm sure they feel some type of way about it. Everyone at that locker room, I don't think those guys are going to let that impact their performance moving forward. Because they're trying to play for their next opportunity. Recognize that the dudes that are from Temple and Baylor are probably not going to be in Carolina moving forward after this season, considering the guy that wanted him here and had the roster control is not here. So they're playing for their next job. So they can't be in their feelings upset about it. They need to be ready to play and perform and show the rest of the league that they do deserve an opportunity with one of the other 31 teams in this league. Over to Kendrick, who asked, is Coach Wilkes the right man at the right time? At least to show the owner what being a Panther historically means, and better yet, impart upon him who we are as a dual state community. I loved the social media uh, video that they put out there from the Panthers digital. And it's good to see them back getting uh, their content. They want to get out there and seeing Cam Newton in some of those videos. I know coach rule had a final say also on what was going to be uh, on social media and how the organization was going to be portrayed while he was here. Steve Wilkes just talked about like, you got to, we got to keep pounding. Like that is the brand here in Carolina. Matt rule had the brand and uh, talking about how being the toughest most of your team in the NFL, all that. We don't need to hear that. The Panthers soul and foundation is on keep pounding and those words that came from Sam Mills and the people that have come through the years and have lived by that and have played by that that's all we need so I think it would be a little bit enlightening hopefully not too enlightening because hopefully David Zepper gets it but clearly he doesn't if you listen to him talk on Monday afternoon to the media I hope it's enlightening to him to see Steve Wilkes and the way he carries himself as a head coach and seeing how a NFL head coach should carry themselves but also to listen to someone who has experience here in Carolina when they had success. I understand David Tepper believes there was never any ounce of success before he showed up here, where they've been twenty three and forty seven. So he certainly doesn't know a damn thing about winning here in Carolina. But Steve Wilkes brought up how when he was here before, they went to the Super Bowl. They had guys who were All Pros and Pro Bowlers and MVP and Cam Newton. They went to the playoffs four out of five years. He knows what it looks like how to win here in the NFL. Matt Rule. Really can't speak on that, at least winning multiple times. He's only there one year in New York. Steve Wilkes can talk about what it takes to win in the NFL. So I absolutely think he's the right guy, just the way he's gone about it so far, just the message he's put out there. We'll see, though, on Sunday how these guys perform because they still have the same problems they had back when Matt Rule was fired on Monday. My hope is they can you know, rally around each other and play better and execute. because That's things we've been talking about. These players have not been executing. Maybe that will change on Sunday with Steve Wilkes as the interim head coach. I'm um, over to Jake, who says, Appreciate the content through this tough time to be a Panthers fan. Thank you, Jake. In your eyes, what does Coach Wilkes have to do? These 12 games I have a legit shot at getting the job. I love him as a coach, but he's, inherent, he's inheriting a dumpster fire. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Because quarterback situation, it's not like he's actually down to his third. He's down to his fourth-string quarterback. It was Baker. Then Sam, then Matt Corral, then P.J. Walker was not going to make the roster. So you're down to your fourth and fifth string quarterbacks heading into a game against the struggling defending champions in the Los Angeles Rams on the road. I don't know if the quarterback plays can get better. I don't think it can get any worse. So certainly it has to get better than what we've seen. They have to be able to find someone who can offer any sort of consistency or not be just as bad as Baker was through the first five weeks, whether that's Baker getting another opportunity, PJ getting opportunity, uh, Sam Darnold, God forbid, Jacob Eason having to step in. They have to find somebody. Scott Fitter said we need to find someone who can stabilize that position. That has not happened over the last 38 games since Matt Rule's been here. We need that to happen over the next 12 games. If Steve Wilkes can have any sort of opportunity to earn this job, I don't think he's going to because I just do not think the quarterbacks on this roster are going to be good enough to give him the opportunity to get the job. Now, if he goes six and six rest of the way, I do wonder like what that threshold um, and maybe that bar he has to reach for David Tepper to be like, okay, I like what this guy did because he gets six the six and six. That means that's a seven and ten season. I, can you really be all that upset about it? considering, as far as when you look at what Steve Wilkes did, because especially considering the issue at quarterback, if they can do that, maybe that gives an opportunity to get the job. So I'd say if he gets a 6-6, and or of course he gets a 7-5 and the rest of the way, like it's got to be 500 or a winning record the rest of the way, I think, for Steve Wilkes to get serious consideration. And if he has him in December competing for a playoff spot, then that could be enough for David Tepper may to be like, okay, Things changed around here once this guy stood in and took over the job. So maybe I should really consider him. I just think it's going to be a really tall mountain to climb for Steve Wilkes to be able to have an opportunity to actually be seriously considered for this job. Especially when you consider how the NFL looks at black coaches. Just keeping it 100, that's how it happens, y'all. Like Steve Wilkes, he's suing the league for a reason. You saw the hiring cycle last year. It's a joke. So I'm not going to sit here and believe that it's all of a sudden going to change. And David Sapper, remember, when he hired Matt Rule, he talked about all the similarities that they had from where they were from, how they dressed, having been short-order cooks. He related to Matt Rule. Does he relate to Steve Wilkes? Because oftentimes, no matter if it's an NFL head coach or out in your local business, people hire people who they can relate to and who they think kind of has that same vision as them. So we'll see if Steve Wilkes can uh, earn the job on the field – and then maybe later on in the interview room, but really on the field is where he has the best shot to earn it. Not to saying he can't interview well, because he's already done that before getting the Cardinals job. Just saying, you know, I don't look at David Tepper as someone who's like looking at Steve Wilkes right now and thinking, yeah, that's going to be one of my finalists for this job after, four, after these next 12 games. And even the weeks after that, once the uh, end of the season comes. Okay, let's take a quick pause here, and then I'll come back, answer more of your questions on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked on Panthers. And here's a word from our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Make sure that you guys check out LinkedIn Jobs. It's awesome, easy way to create a job post, easy way to go find a job. I've done it in the past. And for the people out there trying to hire people, once you go out there, Put your job post. Make sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get back to it. There's a lot of people wondering if the Panthers are going to start selling off some of these players to get back assets because Scott Fitter has done a terrible job when it comes to protecting draft picks. And I went over it with y'all on Wednesday, I believe, how a lot of the trades that he's put gone through here have not really Panned out as far as the players that ended up being drafted or how those picks were later used and all that. The Panthers, right now heading into 2023 NFL draft, only have a first, second, fourth, and fifth round pick. Their third and sixth round picks both belong to New England Patriots. Last draft, back in April, they traded up in the second day of the day, the second day of the draft to get Matt Corral. And we see how that's probably going to end up being a horrid trade considering that the new head coach is likely not going to be all in on Matt Corral starting for him next year. And then they traded it back in 2021 in a move to bring in Stefan Gilmore, their sixth round pick, which was a surprise. I never thought that they would be in on Gilmore, but they were. And it was fun for a little bit, but not for long, as he's doing a great job in Indy this year, but he's no longer here in Carolina. And when he was, he wasn't playing a lot of the snaps. And when he did, he ended up getting hurt because that's just been the case for this Stefan Gilmore the last two, three seasons, unfortunately. So A lot of questions now of whether the Carolina Panthers might start trading some valuable players in order to get back some of these picks. Pedro's asking this, saying, I know it's not fire sale time yet. However, if it comes to that, what do you think would be an acceptable offer for Christian McCaffrey? Alec also offering his insight, saying, do you feel that blowing up the roster and starting a fire sale is a bad idea? I feel like the roster is good, but does have a few holes, such as edge linebacker and obviously quarterback trading DJ or our players, or other players, um, doesn't help us just give us more darts so we can throw blindfolded at the draft. The best thing we can do, in my opinion, is reload instead of complete rebuild, and it starts with drafting a first-round quarterback and getting an offensive coach we don't want to waste to good to line we currently have. Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of layers to this. When I look at the roster, and I just look at the certain players we're going to discuss, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Brian Burns, Derek Brown. Do you really want to part ways with all four of those players or first-round picks? McCaffrey is probably the first one that you – is not, not probably, he's absolutely the first guy that you're okay dealing because he's a running back. Running backs are easy to find. Chris McCaffrey, good for him for getting the money. Bad deal even when he signed it. Not even considering the injuries, but the day he signed it, terrible deal. Those have proven time and time again not to work. I still think Christian's a great player. I'm not willing to give up on I'm not saying I want to give up on Christian, but if they want to trade anyone. It's him. What is a fair deal? When healthy, he's one of the top running backs in the league. I would love to get a first-round pick, considering he's been healthy so far through five games. I don't know, dating back to the last two years, whether teams would be willing to give that much up for McCaffrey, and Carolina certainly would have to carry some of his deal to be able to facilitate a trade, especially to one of those teams like the Rams or the Bills who might be looking for a running back like McCaffrey. So I w- for me, I want to get a first-round pick. If you're going to trade Christian McCaffrey, it's has got to be like a first or second or multiple seconds, multiple maybe a second and a third. got to get multiple picks, in my opinion, if you're going to give up Christian McCaffrey. Now, DJ Moore, you just signed him. Do you really want to get rid of a guy you just signed? Brian Burns, you can fix his cap issues by extending him in the offseason with the fifth-year option coming up next year. You can basically just tear that up and just give him a new deal and, you know, figure it out from there. Um, and then with Derek Brown, he's starting to play really well, and you haven't paid him yet. They still don't have to pay him just yet. They have an opportunity to exercise fifth-year option come May of next year. They don't really need to do anything, in my opinion, with that, and you need to have good players. Like, you don't want to just get rid of these guys, and then your hope is in the draft you end up getting the right players – Via the draft. Because when you look at it, when we went back and looked at Scott Fitter's trades, like in 2021, that draft class, Terrace Marshall's really brought nothing. Uh, Brady Christensen's been a starter. Tommy Trimble, okay, fine, rotational tight end. Shai Smith's been starting, hasn't made much of an impact. Chuba Hubbard has been okay, but not great at all. Keith Taylor, rotational guy who's going to get some reps on Sunday because of the injuries. Phil Hoskins hasn't really done it for me. Davion Nixon had the injury last year, didn't make the team initially, um, then was on a practice squad, was released. I was on the active roster. Uh, they drafted Kalen Barnes this past year. He hasn't done anything. Cade Mays hasn't been out there playing. It's not like Iki Kwanu has offered, you know, he's offered something, of course, because he's starting. And then you look at, I mean, Corral's out there's not like there's a lot of rookies and in second-year guys that were drafted by Scott Fitter that are adding all that much at this point in time. And Jason Thompson of overthecap.com actually did – a little deep dive on Twitter on Thursday of the Panthers cap situation. He said as of now, they would be about $27 million over the cap next offseason after filling out the roster to reach 51 players. And he's assuming that the cap is about $225 million. It could be higher. It could be lower, but at any case Panthers are the 30th ranked team as far as cap space goes being in the negative. And they'd said that he also said that they're 30 the NFL with four players with a 20 plus million dollar cap hit next season. Uh, I believe that would be, um, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and then Shaq Thompson um, would be the guys with that cap hit because you've seen Christian. They've had a restructured deal the last two offseasons. Same thing with Shaq. They restructured Robbie Anderson. When you kick this money down the road, you get in a situation like they're going to be in come March. Now, the Saints have done that, and they've been able to continue to field competitive teams. The Panthers, though – they haven't been competitive. They don't want to be in that situation like New Orleans is because New Orleans is like, hey, let's keep our key guys together. Let's keep bringing people back because we're out there in playoff contention. The Panthers have not been in playoff contention. And Thompson said the best case for relief would be cutting-slash-trading Shaq Thompson, which would be $13 million in savings, and then Robbie Anderson, $12 million in savings. Only other players of savings are Pat Elfline, which is $4.75 million, But he looks like he's your starting center, so you're probably not going to get rid of him. And Frankie Luvu $4 million. There's really no reason to cut him at all. No, no other player obviously offers savings over $4 million. So Shaq and Robbie look like they're the most likely and probably going to be the cap casualties next season. When you especially factor in Brandon Smith, hasn't gotten too many opportunities so far. We'll see if he gets opportunities down the road. But if it's going to be Brandon Smith and Frankie Louvu, those might be the guys you're rolling with moving forward at linebacker and then having to draft someone early on, maybe in the first – well, they're going to have to get a quarterback in the first round, but maybe in the second round next year they go out there and find a linebacker that can come in as you're going to lose guys like Corey Littleton, who hasn't done anything really, and then Damian Wilson on a really good game on Sunday. You're probably going to lose those two guys. You could you could bring back Wilson if you wanted to. There's not much um, savings if you don't, so maybe he's back and alongside another uh, a rookie maybe in the second round. Thompson also brought up that there is relief. If you trade some players, you can always restructure players like more, extend Burns, et cetera, but it would probably be a lot having to work with this roster into 2023 with hopefully a young quarterback and not a scrap heap veteran like they've had the last couple of years. So when you look at it, you can try and trade away. I just don't know if that necessarily garners the results that we want. Like Scott Fitter went out there and drafted 11 guys back in 2021. One of them really has ended up being a full-time starter, and that's Brady Christensen and the rest. Either rotational, not on a roster, or just like, uh, eh, what a bad pick. So I don't look at it as, hey, let's get more draft picks and like that's gonna fix it. Maybe they can find some cheap free agency deals. I don't know, man. I really don't know at this point in time. But really, finding the quarterback is the the number one thing this team has to do if they wanna fix things heading into twenty twenty three with a new head coach. Okay, um, let me take another quick pause and I'll come back and answer the rest of your questions here on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, as there are odds right now of who's the chances to make the playoffs. And currently, the Panthers are sitting at a 14 to 1 chance to still make the playoffs. So, hey, not as bad as you might have thought, but still not good at all through five weeks. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your betting. Your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports waging information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, let's wrap it up, answer some more questions, then get out of here on a Friday. Now over to Alex, who asked, do you think the Panthers will try to bring in a veteran quarterback or will they keep rolling with whatever combination of Mayfield, Darnold, Walker, Easton is healthy at the moment? So three weeks until the trade deadline. I don't know what quarterback out there the Panthers can trade for that's going to fix the situation that they currently have. Like, are you going to trade for Mason Rudolph or Mitch Trubisky? I, I don't – those guys aren't good. I don't know what they can do. And the last thing they need to do is trade anything away. That's the last thing they need to do is be giving away more assets when they only have four of their picks heading to 2023 draft. And there's still a possibility that Scott Fitter is not the general manager. We'll see. You don't want to create more of an issue for potentially a new GM and a new head coach where than you already have. We went over how they are already $27 million over the cap going into next offseason and then the lack of picks and trying to find a quarterback. There's just too many things you got to try and figure out. They're just going to have to roll with it. At this point in time, you can't fix the quarterback position. We've already seen with Baker Mayfield how not being here for a full offseason having to split reps during training camp has – hindered his ability to go out and perform well and really to have any confidence in himself and in the offense and what's in front of him so how that would change how would that change at all if you brought in someone else I know a couple years ago the Vikings ended up not being a playoff team they traded for Sam Bradford who was an eagle he became the backup they traded for Sam Bradford he came out and he actually did some good things for them early on but that was like week two or three into the season we're already past the quarter mark and we haven't seen Sam in this new system. We haven't seen PJ. So let's see what they got. I don't think it makes any sense at all to try and bring in a quarterback. And I don't think that's even a conversation that they're having at this point in time. Um, All right. Now over to Aaron who asked now that rule has been fired how do you think the morale is do you still think this is a playoff team now that the team has a new leader no i do not think this is a playoff team at all uh, at this i thought going into the season it would be that was me betting on baker baker failed so i failed we all failed because the panthers don't look like a playoff team as i mentioned bet online our friends over there say that they have a 14 they have 14 to 1 odds to make the playoffs long odds but still an, they still have an opportunity i don't think it's going to happen it's just if they could even go five hundred the west rest of the way at seven and ten, like that's the NFC is not great. Maybe that keeps them in the hunt. That's just not going to be good enough. The Panthers are going to have to go. I think at least seven and five, get to eight and nine. I think that's the best chance they have to make the playoffs, and that is a big ask. Knowing, I mean, the Sunday is winnable. If they beat the Rams, I won't be surprised at all. I just don't think they're going to beat the Rams, and if they beat Tampa. I don't think they're gonna beat Tampa, but they beat the Rams. I can see that. They can probably they can beat the Falcons. Denver doesn't look as intimidating as it was when the season first started. Seattle's not as easy and that's going on the road to Seattle. Like they can still find a way to win some games here. I just I don't have a ton of confidence. It's the quarterback position. If you don't have a quarterback, man. As good as like the Saints last year, they had the road tape through and Jameis, then he gets injured. and Then it was Taysom Hill, he was injured. And then it was Trevor Simeon. That was not a bad football team. And they were a Jimmy Garoppolo week 17 road comeback away from being in the playoffs. And they had bad quarterback play and a better roster than what we have here in Carolina. So, I, do, I just don't see it happening, unfortunately. I would love for it to happen because it would be great for Steve Wilkes. Maybe he gets an opportunity, or maybe he gets treated like Rich Bisaccia did last year in Las Vegas and still doesn't get the job full time. Uh, we'll see. Over to Jake now. He said, What should we expect from Ben McAdoo this Sunday? We see more aggressive play, slash stretching the field, or running the football more. I do think they're going to run more, just based on what Steve Wilkes said, that to establish some momentum and identity, they need to run the ball. It's about stopping to run on defense and running the ball on offense, and that is the one thing that they do well on offense for the most part is running the ball. They don't throw the ball. So what they need to do, well, I guess the thing that they really do well is is not converting on third down, but that's not a good thing as we know. Uh, but running the football, I think that's what they're going to w- want to do. They're going to try and tailor the offense a little bit. to P.J. Walker, but the system is the system, and McAdoo talked about that on Thursday during the coordinator meetings with the media and saying that the backup's going to have to really know how to run the offense. Basically, he's going to have to run a lot of the same plays that the um, the starter runs. You want to tailor it as much as you can, but it's not like they can completely remake the offense in a week to suit P.J. Walker. He's going to have to fit into what McAdoo wants to do. Does he fit into McAdoo's system? I doubt it because if Baker doesn't, I don't really see how P.J. does, but they'll find things to get him comfortable. They'll script the first drive, and hopefully from there he can get a nice rhythm. He can go out and make some plays. I'm not expecting it to be really any different at all. And one thing I did like the from Ben McAdoo, because he was asked about, you know, coming here and his feelings about Matt Rule. And he was saying that his job was to come in and to fix the offense. And clearly they have not, they didn't do it fast enough because through five weeks, they're the worst offense in the league, and Matt Rule's not here. But he said there's still a chance to do it. Like they still have 12 weeks. He's not getting fired. Someone's got to call the plays. So let's continue to build some sort of continuity. Doesn't help that the quarterback Baker Mayfield's out. But same guys are out there on the offensive line, same receivers. They played with P.J. before. Let's see if they can turn it around. So I was a, a good message. I liked, I actually appreciate it from him um, on Thursday. Okay, now to Chase and Corinne. Both had questions about Phil Snow no longer being here. Chase asking, how do we proceed after firing Phil Snow for defensive coordinator? As far as a scheming standpoint, he seemed to have been doing a good job and his defense made plays and held up against some good teams, minus not being able to stop the run against Cleveland. Do we keep running the same defensive scheme since it works, even though Phil Snow is gone? Or does Steve Wilkes change some things? And also, Corinne asks, I'd love to know your thoughts on firing Phil Snow. Seems like the defense isn't so bad this year. Could this be a mistake or best to just clean house and start over? A lot of this has to do with just – Who's your guy? Phil Snow has been with Matt Rule since 2013, dating back to Temple. When Matt Rule gets a college job, whether that's this cycle or next cycle, Phil Snow will be the defensive coordinator. That's his dude. Same thing with Ed Foley. That's why those guys are not here. And Steve Wilkes said they had a change in philosophy, and he wanted to just move on. And it made sense for the two of them to do that because Phil is Matt's guy. Al Holcomb is Steve Wilkes' guy. Al Holcomb has been – working with Steve Wilkes in 2013, back when they were both here in Carolina the first time. When Steve Wilkes became a head coach in Arizona, Al Holcomb was his defensive coordinator. When Steve Wilkes was the D.C., I believe for Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland, Al Holcomb was his linebacker coach. He's had a relationship with Al dating back to the same amount of time, at least with Phil Snow working on Matt Rule. So, of course, you're going to empower your guy. You want the guy who you, when you got your first chance as head coach to be your DC, that's the guy that you're going to want to elevate to be your DC. And if that comes to the expense of Phil Snows, so be it. It's the business. But you want the people that you have worked with before and who you know well and who agree and see the defense in the same vision as you to be working underneath you, especially when that's the side of the ball where you've been able to make your hay. So, I understand it absolutely. And now and Al Holcomb also said that, The system's the system. At this point in time, like, we're week six, y'all. You can't tear down the entire offense like with Ben McAdoo or tear down the whole defense with uh, Al Holcomb now. You're just going to have to run what you have. The scheme is the scheme. And that's the words that Al Holcomb said on Thursday. So I don't expect there to be too many changes. One thing I do remember from Steve Wilkes when we compared him when he was a defensive coordinator here in Carolina to um, Sean McDermott was he was very aggressive, a lot more aggressive, sent a lot of blitzes. Phil Snow did send us some blitzes. I think we'll continue to see that and maybe even some different looks now that Al Holcomb's calling the plays defensively and that Steve Wilkes has taken over as the interim head coach. So there will be some changes, but really not as many as you might think there could possibly be with two guys now taking over. we um, got right, Eric now. He said, hey, Julian, just a thought. Let's say we can win a couple more games at the end of season, 7-10, and 10, which would mean the Panthers go 6-6 six and six the rest of the way. Uh, since we'll be out of the race for the top two quarterbacks, do you think we'll take a shot on Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee? Okay, Greensboro's own Hendon Hooker. I did tweet out at Julian Council this past weekend when um, he threw a touchdown. I was like, every time Hendon Hooker throws a touchdown pass, Justin Fuente, the former head coach at Virginia Tech, should have to give back a piece of his buyout. One of the big reasons why Fuente – I know this is not what you're here for. One of the big reasons why Justin Fuente is not at Virginia Tech is because he chose the wrong quarterback. He thought Braxton Burmeister was his guy instead of Hendon Hilker. Hooker goes to Tennessee. doesn't win the job originally under with Joe Milton, Milton, the Michigan transfer. Then he takes over. Vols go to a bowl. Now they're ranked sixth in the country and have Alabama come into town tomorrow. What a scene. That's going to be at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee. He's been really good, man hookers looked really good he had a touchdown throw I think it was like a 50-yard bomb last Saturday at LSU that was just one of the best throws you're gonna see all year in college football is he a guy that you're trying to like build your team around I don't know I don't know what it's gonna look like and Dan Orlovsky was saying hey like he's gonna go a lot higher than people think I don't even know where people think he's gonna go is he a first-round prospect I have no idea if he puts himself in the Heisman conversation and if he wins on Saturday, and that's really going to be the game people are looking at. I I because I had some guy who came up to me where he said something to me um, before. It was like, oh, when I was talking about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, the quarterback at Florida, what Levis at Kentucky, Richardson at Florida, and he was like, oh, you probably only watched Anthony Richardson against Georgia when I was like loving some sort of criticism on him. It's like, well, those are the games the scouts watch. Georgia's entire defense got drafted last year, and he looked awful. Now look at what Richardson's done so far this season at Florida. He still looks terrible. So these are the games. When you play against these big-time programs like Alabama that constantly churn out defensive talent in the first round and early on, if Hooker looks good on Saturday, then we might be able to see. Now he's running what people call Mickey Mouse offense just from the context of Sunday where the what Josh Heupel does at Tennessee would not work in the NFL. But it works in college. It's simplified. It would be a little bit of a learning curve. Hey, Hooker is a little bit of an older guy. I think he's 24. He's one of the oldest uh, starting quarterbacks in college football. Maybe they give him a chance. But if he's a middle-round guy, they already have that in Matt Corral. And if Scott Fitter was still here, then I guess they'd probably go with Matt Corral. But they, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't think they're gonna go seven. I don't think they're gonna be seven and ten. It also might be detrimental. Not like I'm sitting here saying that they need to absolutely tank the rest of the season. I would still put them in the top ten. And I don't know who else would be there. There's always a possibility to trade up. You would hate to do that, but if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. It's not. I don't think it's as simple as Levis or Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud all go one, two, and three. I don't think it's gonna be that simple. Maybe it is. Uh, I mean, when you look around the rest of the NFL right now, and I guess i do not really – where's my phone? Um, when you look at the NFL right now, like, so let me look at the teams. They're also struggling like Carolina and probably on their way to the bottom or already at the bottom. Um, let's see. New England already has their quarterback. They also drafted Bailey Zappi. Uh, the Dolphins, I think they're good. Jets, they're probably not getting a guy. Buffalo, they're obviously good. Baltimore, they're good. Cleveland. They got their guy since he got their guy. Pittsburgh just drafted their guy. Uh, Tennessee, they drafted Malik Willis. Maybe they might be interested, but I think they're probably going to win that division again. Indy, they're going to be looking for a quarterback for sure. Um, Jacksonville, they have their guy. Houston, probably in the quarterback market. So, there's two teams. Kansas City has their guy. Chargers have their guy. Denver has their guy. Las Vegas, to be interesting, they're one and four. If they keep playing poorly, it's a possibility – that they might look at getting rid of Derek Carr opposed to extending him. Philadelphia, they have their guy. Dallas has their guy. The Giants at four and one. Right now it looks like they have their guy. Washington needs a quarterback too. So there's three now. For sure they're gonna be in a quarterback market, Minnesota. Probably they got their guy in Cousins right now. Green Bay has their guy. Chicago has their guy. Detroit, one and four. At some point in time, they're going to want to bring somebody else in. But Jared Goff's not like he's really the problem. They have one of the top. I think they have the top scoring offense in the league. But they're still one and four. Uh, Tampa, they're going to have to draft a quarterback um, at some point with Tom Brady. Probably his last year. New Orleans going to need to draft a quarterback. They're two and three. Atlanta, they just drafted Ritter, but maybe they find someone else if it's not Arthur Smith again next season. San Francisco has their guy. Rams have their guy. Arizona has their guys. Seahawks. So there's like six or seven teams, I guess, that feasibly could draft a quarterback in the first round. And Carolina is currently in, you know, in front of them because they have their number one pick right now. Washington absolutely is a team that you'd be concerned about because they're going to need to draft a quarterback in the first round. I don't know if they're believing in Sam Howell. And Indianapolis could be. So we'll see how it plays out. They go seven and ten. That does not put them in the best spot to get their pick of whoever they want. I would love for that to happen because it means, like, we get to talk more more winning days, but long-term is the best thing for them. I don't know. But if they are the number one pick, it's going to show that it's not just the quarterback, that clearly there's a lot of issues on the roster that led to them to be the worst team in the NFL this season. It can't just be the quarterback if that's what happens. Final question comes from Tanner. He says, what year will be the year when Panthers Twitter quits talking about Cam Newton coming back? Well, it's not 2022, so hopefully – It'll be 2023. Again, as I've said in the past, you got to want more for Cam. But the reason why we keep having this conversation is the Carolina Panthers have never been able to replace Cam Newton when they got rid of him the first time when Matt Rule first got here. And that is part of the reason why Panther fans are still clamoring for Cam because they have not found a replacement. When they find a replacement, people will stop clamoring for Cam Newton on a daily basis. So it's exhausting. But unfortunately, that is the world we live in where people are still thinking that Cam Newton's going to come in here and going to fix things at quarterback this season when he has played for no one he didn't, last year he got a preseason this year no preseason has not been on anybody's roster since the panthers released him or did not resign him he's been a free agent so no one's wanted cam newton so why would he come in here and how would he change anything you did see him play last year this is not cam newton hate i love cam come on y'all let's be better than that all right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, so you can participate in next week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me, at Julian Council, on Twitter to do so. In the meantime, Be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Sunday, hopefully following the Carolina Panthers victory.